Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Misty Winston on today's news talk radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston show right here on today's News Talk. Thank you for tuning in to hang out with me. Hey, we have a big show. Jimmy Doris here. We're going to be bringing him in momentarily. It's always a great day when Jimmy stops by the show, so uh, very excited to have him here. A couple quick things before we jump off the show, though. So um, Dave DeCamp, I don't know if we talked. I know we had Kyle on the show yesterday, Kyle Anselone, who's incredible from Antiwar.com, the Libertarian Institute. I don't remember if we talked about this specific story because, well, we talked about a lot of stuff. Um, uh, but uh, over the weekend, <laughs> Joe Biden, first of all, this video is ridiculous on so many different levels. Joe Biden standing in the middle of a freaking ice cream shop uh, uh, talking about a ceasefire. Just the juxtaposition of Joe Biden, um, you know, munching on an ice cream cone while he is helping to uh, commit a genocide and murder a bunch of kids and starving a bunch of people in Gaza is just so (laughs) gross. Um, I have to laugh because it's just so despicable and almost um, incomprehensible. It is incomprehensible the levels of depravity it takes to stand in the middle of ice cream shop um, and wax poetic about the so-called ceasefire. Now, the reason why Joe Biden is talking about a ceasefire is he doesn't care about a ceasefire. He's not interested in a ceasefire. He doesn't care about a ceasefire. He doesn't care about the people of Palestine. But Michigan is voting today, and there is a massive Arab population there, uh, and my dude is desperate. <laughs> so I think that he was uh, lying to the people of Michigan and the you know broader global population about um, a ceasefire being in the works. Um, and now we uh, know for sure that that is the case. So Dave Camp from uh, antiwar.com has a great article out today where he's talking about this. Uh, and it says President Biden on Monday said a hostage deal between Israel and Hamas was close, quote unquote, close, and that he hoped a ceasefire could be reached by Monday, March 4th. But in response, both sides indicated an agreement is still far away and said the president spoke too soon. Gee, can't imagine that. Um, at least he formed coherent sentences. I will give him that. He did manage to um, you know, use English properly, mostly. Um, so uh, the article continues, according to the Times of Israel, one Hamas official said Biden's comments were quote unquote premature and didn't reflect reality. Much of Biden's world is not in reality. Um, another Hamas official told Reuters that there were still quote unquote big gaps between the two sides. Hamas is still looking for a permanent ceasefire, while the deal that's reportedly on the table would be for a six week truce. Quote, the primary and main issue of the ceasefire and the withdrawal of Israeli forces are not clearly stated, which delays reaching an agreement, end quote, said the Hamas officials speaking to Reuters. According to the Associated Press, Biden's comments came as a surprise to Israeli officials and were not done in coordination with the Israeli government. Israeli officials are blaming the lack of an agreement on Hamas's demands. Surprise, surprise. Although Haaretz reported Monday that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was also complicating negotiations. Netanyahu has said that any hostage deal would only delay Israel's plans to invade the southern Gaza city of Rafah, which borders Egypt and is packed with 1.5 Palestinians. Uh, I'm sorry, 1.5 million Palestinians. A full-scale assault would incur a huge civilian death toll as most Palestinians are sheltering in tents on the streets of Rafah. Uh, The deal that's on the table would involve Hamas releasing 40 Israeli hostages during the six-week pause as Israel releases releases hundreds of Palestinian prisoners. Hamas previously offered to release all Israeli hostages in exchange for the release of thousands of Palestinians in a 135-day ceasefire with the goal of reaching a permanent 
permanent settlement, but the proposal was rejected by Israel. Now, we did talk about this yesterday, um, the uh, hostage exchange crap, um, because what Israel does is they, at least in the past hostage hostage exchanges, um, they will say, hey, we're going to give you 150 Palestinian prisoners. Uh, and then uh, the day before or the day of that uh, exchange, they go and arrest 500 more people. Um, so uh, really, Hamas has gotten zero net gain on that front. Um, uh, and we also talked about about the uh the plans to attack Rafa, which is just so um inconceivably evil. Uh, you have uh, completely destroyed the north of Gaza. Um, it is all rubble. Um, the thousands upon thousands of people, including thousands of children, have been killed. Um, millions of people have now flooded into the city of Rafa, which I think prior to October 7th, the population was something like 200,000. Don't call me on that number because I could be wrong there, but that's the number that just popped into my head uh, from a previous article that I read. But Regardless, 200,000, whatever it was, it has grown exponentially since October 7th. Um, and there are now 1.5 million people living on the streets of Rafa in tents. Um, that was supposed to be the designated safe zone. Um, we've seen what safe zones look like. Uh, they're not safe. Israel uh, attacks them on a regular basis. So, um, uh, But just to uh, uh, call attention to this, that Biden was speaking out of his ass, as he often does, on this hostage uh, and ceasefire deal. Um, so, uh, And also, just go watch the video. It is uh, it is really something to watch the president of the United States um, just hanging out, eating some ice cream as he is personally aiding in the slaughter of children. It is just really something to look at. So, OK, don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack. Uh, it's mistywinston.substack.com. There is a write up for the guest of the day every day. So you can find, follow and support their work as well. And if you would like, you can shoot me an email, mistywinston at tntradio.live. Guest idea, show idea. I love that stuff. It's always good to uh, get some new ideas or if you just have a question or something hit me up and i'll try to get back to you uh and also if you are enjoying listening to tnt which of course you are uh and you think we're doing a good job then let us know uh you can leave us a like or positive review or comment on facebook gabber getter uh, and that helps us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's news talk tnt delivering the facts source i can trust today's news talk radio tnt tnt All right. French President Emmanuel Macron has raised the possibility of EU states sending troops to Ukraine to fight against Russia's invasion, which recently entered its third year. Here we go. Here with the story. Joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. All right, my friends. So now the EU is going to be sending troops. How long till U.S. troops? I mean, there were already there, but tell us what's going on here. Well, this certainly could never possibly potentially uh, start World War III, so everything's just <laughs> fine. Um, the good news is uh, I will start with the good news first. How about that, Misty? All right. Okay. Uh, the UK, Poland, Czech Republic, Finland, and Sweden, uh, these are all NATO countries. They all spoke up on Tuesday against French President Emmanuel Macron's suggestion that Western troops could be deployed to Ukraine. The bad news is, yes, the French president did indeed suggest that Western troops could be deployed to Ukraine. Uh, that's probably not good. Uh, the way he suggested this is he's he's wording it as this could not be ruled out. Uh, those are his words in the future. Uh, this was during a meeting, a uh, gathering, as it were, of some spiffy, nice folks, European leaders, as they're known, uh, hanging out in Paris. There were 20 of them. They are heads of state and government and other Western officials. Here's what Macron said in a news conference at the Elysee Presidential Palace. Quote, there's no consensus today to send in an official endorsed manner troops on the ground. But in terms of dynamics, nothing 
can be rolled out, end quote. Macron declined to provide details about which nations were considering sending troops, saying he prefers to maintain some, quote, strategic ambiguity, end quote. Okay. Uh, the meeting included German Chancellor Olaf Scholz and Poland's President Andrzej Duda. I can never say his name right, sorry. As well as leaders from the Baltic nations. The U.S. was there, represented by its top diplomat for Europe, James O'Brien, and the U.K. by Foreign Secretary David Cameron. Duda said the most heated discussion was about whether to send troops to Ukraine. And, quote, there was no agreement on the matter. Opinions differ here, but there are no such decisions, end quote. Ah, because war should be a matter of opinion. Uh, anyway, uh, Poland's president said he hopes that, quote, in the nearest future, we will jointly be able to prepare substantial shipments of ammunition to Ukraine. This is most important now. This is something that Ukraine really needs, end quote. Uh, Macron earlier called on European leaders to ensure the continent's quote-unquote collective security by providing unwavering support to Ukraine in the face of tougher Russian offensive on the battlefield in recent months. Macron said, quote, in recent months particularly, we have seen Russia getting tougher, end quote. Uh-huh. Macron cited the need to solidify security to head off any Russian attacks on additional countries in the future. Estonia, Lithuania, and Latvia, as well as much larger Poland, have been considered among possible targets of future Russian expansionism. Uh, except by Russia, of course. That's just what we say that Russia is going to do. All four countries are staunch supporters, therefore, of Ukraine. Uh, Estonia's foreign minister said earlier this month that NATO has about three or four years to strengthen its defenses. Or else, what? Is that a threat? I don't get it. Uh, in the video, in a video speech, Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky called on the leaders gathered in Paris to, quote, ensure that Putin cannot destroy our achievements and cannot expand his aggression to other nations, end quote. Uh, several European countries, including France, expressed, expressed their support for an initiative launched by the Czech Republic to buy ammunition and shells outside the EU, according to participants to the meeting. Wow. So the military industrial complex uh, wins no matter what, Misty. But yeah, what do you think about this rhetoric and the timing of it? Um, well, the rhetoric is uh, inc incredibly inflammatory. Putin's not going to look kindly on this, I don't think. Uh now, to be fair, I think Putin also knows that this is probably a lot of bluster. Um, uh, they are desperate at this point. Uh, I think he recognizes that. Russia's doing very well for themselves. Uh, economically, they're doing great. I think militarily, they've been handling themselves fairly well. Um, honestly, I think that they could probably end this thing uh, you know, pretty quickly if they really wanted to. I think that they've been... Um, uh, fairly reserved in their uh, actions, uh, generally speaking. Um, but I think that this is, um, again, this is NATO just, uh, again, it's bluster. And what I think is so frustrating about this is um, the the rhetoric that, and we talked about this a little bit with Kyle yesterday, the rhetoric that they use the, uh, um, you know, Putin wants to expand. And I, I was actually on Critical Hour earlier today, and we were talking about this because uh, it is a very much a case of um, uh, accuse your enemy of that which you are guilty of. And, um, you know, we've been talking for the past couple of years, three years now, uh, about Putin who wants to move into France. He wants to take over Europe. He's going to take over the world. He's this crazy madman. Simultaneously, they also want you to believe that he's incredibly weak, can't handle his stuff. And in fact, there's been a couple stories over the past several years where he was dying. I don't know if you remember that, Adam. Putin's been dying like three or four different times from three or four different things over the past couple of years. But on the uh, expansion front, 
It's not Putin who's expanding anywhere. It's NATO and always has been NATO, despite the fact that we have made promises to Russia in the past that we would not expand one inch westward. We have done that. And in, we have the New York Times story out that we talked about briefly yesterday, um, where uh, obviously, very obviously, the CIA uh, was facilitating the Maidan coup, took uh, overthrew the democratically elected government, installed a puppet dictator, and now has been very thoroughly involved in the affairs of Ukraine in an effort to weaken Russia economically and militarily. And so uh, and by doing so are also expanding NATO. Um, you know, there's been talks of adding in new countries over the past couple of years. So everything that they claim that Putin is doing, everything that they are trying to fear monger about that Putin is doing, that he wants to take over the world, which, by the way, he's never said to my knowledge. And to be fair, I do live in the United States of America where access to Putin's speeches it's not really all that they're not readily available. So we don't often hear from him unless Tucker Carlson, uh, you know, goes to Russia to speak with him. And even then, we're probably not getting uh, a great um, representation of who he is just by one interview. Um, so uh, but I've never heard of him saying that that is the end game. Now, would he be stupid enough to say that out loud if it were the end game? Probably not. He's a very smart guy, but nothing about his actions, at least as far as I'm concerned, um, demonstrates that that is his goal. In fact, for the past eight years, well, longer than eight years now, um, uh, since 2014, essentially, he has been incredibly patient, um, fairly reserved in his response to various things that have been going on in the region. Um, obviously, there was the wholesale slaughter of uh, ethnic Russians in uh, the Donbass region. Um, uh, and so I think that it's it's wildly inappropriate to uh, pretend as if that is Russia, uh, that, that is Putin's goal. Um, but very clearly, that has been the goal of NATO for a very long time. And frankly, they've not been shy about it. So um, I don't know. All of this rhetoric is just really ridiculous. And hopefully it doesn't inflame things, as you just said. If they actually do this and if NATO countries actually and to be clear, there are already NATO, there are already um, soldiers and personnel from NATO countries in Ukraine. There's no question about it. There are U.S. troops on the ground there, whether we know about it or not. There's no question about it. Um, but if th this is actually done um, more broadly, more openly, this absolutely could inflame this into a World War III type situation. Um, and for, I'm, I'm honestly not convinced that that's not the goal here. But what do you think, Adam? Yeah, no, I think that's I think this is them trying to uh, poke the the Russian bear uh, again, yeah. as usual. They really would like to provoke Putin into doing something that they can do one of their finger pointing things and say, aha, we told <laughs> yeah. you so. Uh, yeah, I really think that's what this is, because this kind of talk is um, the fact that it's reported the way it is. Um, yeah, this is just going to piss Putin off and then. We're going to wait for him to react. Uh, problem, reaction, solution, nonstop. But as I as I mentioned earlier, again, no matter what, uh, the military-industrial complex continues to win because the, mm -hmm. at the end of these talks, the ultimate decision was agreed upon by these countries. Say, so, hey, we're you know we're just going to keep sending more weaponry, and if we have to buy it from somewhere else, great. We'll just keep pouring money into this this machine, and that's what needs to stop. Yeah. And we've seen reports from Lockheed Martin where the HIMARS rockets are uh, production is up 60 percent. And uh, that is across the board. Military industrial complex is uh, raking in the big bucks hand over fist day after day as this thing continues to play out. And meanwhile, um, the people of Ukraine, an entire generation of Ukrainian men 
are being sacrificed on the altar of Western imperial imperialism. And now, frankly, we're starting to see women. And uh, we should also be clear, and I wish we would have had more time with Kyle yesterday. He has a great article out. Um, there are some protests, uh, and there have been for some time, but they're starting to really heat up over conscription in Ukraine. So that's certainly something that we need to keep an eye on because it doesn't look like this thing's going to end anytime soon, unfortunately. So thanks for bringing us the story today, Adam. We will talk to you again tomorrow. As always, hang tight. Jimmy Dore, right after this on today's News Talk. TNT's Alex Zaharoff Roy. Now, we'll no doubt see many more such efforts arriving from all the major AI players, and it won't be long before some kid or anyone in their basement or bedroom is creating the next big TV or movie hit, disrupting TV and movie studios forever. Yes, direction and production will be issues, and there will be many amateurish attempts, but people won't just be making hit music at home anymore, but hit entertainment, all simply by asking AI models the right questions and then editing it all together. Talking Tech with Alex Zaharoff-Royt on today's News Talk TNT. Hi. I'm your retirement fear. But don't be scared. You're still in pre-tirement. Pre-tirement? Does that mean I have more time to plan? Precisely. Here, this is pretirement.org. Huh. Retirement savings options? <laughs> Potential tax breaks? Yep. Ooh. Oh, I could build up savings for my side hustle. This isn't scary. I'm doing it. You got this. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Our guest tonight really doesn't need an introduction. Uh, Jimmy Dore is a hilarious stand-up comedian, author, and host of the wildly popular Jimmy Dore Show. Uh, his finely tuned BS detector and willingness to speak the truth and avoid the tribalism trap uh, has earned him a massive audience from across the political spectrum. Uh, in a world where most people are thirsty, desperately thirsty for unbought truths, uh, Jimmy offers a refreshing alternative to most of the media landscape. You can find his show on YouTube, Rumble, and Rockfin, and you can find him on Twitter at Jimmy underscore uh, door. And of course, you can find more information, including, by the way, links to buy tickets to the tour. And I have been to several multiple Jimmy Dore shows and it is uh, a blast. It is so fun to be in a room full of people who get it. Uh, it makes me feel less uh, crazy, which... It's hard to do these days. Uh, so you can find a t a links to buy tickets for the tour, as well as his newest comedy special, COVID Lies Are Funny, which is hilarious. Uh, so you can find those over at jimmydoor.com. JD, thanks for being on the show, my friend. My pleasure. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. It's always a blast when you come by. And frankly, I'm so glad that you're here because like I said, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills uh, and I know you get it and uh, you have been keeping me sane for years, um, but they're laying it on thick these days. So we have um, so-called progressives, a.k.a. Bernie Sanders, refusing to call a genocide a genocide. We have the New York Times hiring absolute nutbags uh, to write fake stories about mass rape, um, We who aren't even journalists, by the way. Uh, we have the president of the United States who has a brain that is so liquefied, he's literally having conversations with ghosts. Um, and we have black civil rights leaders who are publicly praising Nazis. My dude, what is going on? It's crazy, right? Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Um, you know, if you talk to my astrologer, she said she would, uh, she uh, predicted all this. So I think it's had something to do with uh, Pluto's in my 
Gemini or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but things are things are crazy. Yes, I agree. Things are crazy. Yeah. And it's an election year. So uh, the craziness is only going to multiply, unfortunately. And uh, we have the Michigan primaries today. Primaries, if you want to call them that. Obviously, Trump's going to absolutely demolish Nikki Haley. Uh, Joe Biden is uh, basically unopposed at this point. Uh, I talked a little bit at the top of the show um, of Joe Biden and the uh, the ceasefire thing in the Michigan primaries with, um, you know, the air, uh, large era population in uh, Michigan um, that I think he is desperate now to try to appease. There were some talks about him potentially going to visit there. That got squashed, I think, by his team because I think they realized that was not going to go well for him. Uh, but what do you make of this? Because I think that what is so um, uh, maybe like kind of I don't know if you can put a silver lining on a genocide, but I think that what this has done has really made it clear to people uh, that they do not care what we think. Right. Oh, 100 percent. So this goes back to uh, about 10 years ago now that. Princeton did a study and it showed that we don't live in a democracy. We live in an oligarchy. And the way they determined that was uh, they figured out that if you're in the 80% income uh, level or lower, what your wishes, your wills, your desires uh, are never reflected back in policy or laws. Uh, and so, but if you're in the upper 10%, uh, it's a perfect match. So if if 50% of the upper 10% want something to happen, 50% of the time it happens. And it goes on like that. So this idea that uh, we live in a democracy is a joke. Your democracy was stolen from you decades ago and um, by corporations. And no, no one's told to get upset about that because they watch the news that comes from the corporations that stole our government and so they they don't know that they're propagandized to not know this and to think that somehow donald trump is going to steal their democracy and a bunch of unarmed protesters on january 6th were trying to steal their democracy so but they literally believe that so i mean that's the power of propaganda and uh they don't care no i i tried to tell people you know that there's just a handful of billionaires internationally that really run things and they're like oh really jimmy where do they have their meetings well oh i i just call it a session of congress because if you think that when those people get together at a session of congress you think they're doing the bidding of the workers or the senior citizens or students or anybody besides the billionaire class that owns them, you're a chump and a sucker. And Joe Biden obviously isn't in control of anything. He's being controlled, <laughs> and he always has been uh, his whole yeah. life. He's served the, he's uh, served the, uh, his corporate masters, and so. Uh, and then the, another place they have those meetings is called Davos. They and WEF and um, and the WHO, and so uh, it's real. These aren't conspiracies these are uh i mean these are conspiracy theories these are actual conspiracy facts and yeah. um so uh and the and the beauty is in 1996 you know bill clinton who was supposed to be a democrat but of course that was the end of the democrats right so bill clinton and al gore got in bed uh the, through the dlc the democratic leadership council actually had Koch brothers on their board right so they got so shaken by uh ronald reagan's success in the 80s that they decided to join him right if you can't beat him join him so he joined them and that's and so now instead of having 50 giant media companies we have six because of bill clinton did the 1996 telecommunications act he did that he then went on to explode the prison population while gutting welfare and then he deregulated wall street 
so those are some and did NAFTA, which cut the legs out from beneath the unions for percent ever since. So um we but that's this is the world we're living in. This we have two extreme right-wing parties as two extreme pro-war parties, and they're in collusion with the media. And the media is owned by the same people who own both parties. And so Americans are the most propagandized people in the entire world, I will I would say without a doubt. And they don't know it. Uh, that's the weird thing. Like at least in, in China, they know when they're seeing propaganda, I think. Uh, in the old Soviet Union, people knew uh, that the news was propaganda. In the United States, they really think Sean Hannity and Rachel Maddow and Anderson Cooper are telling them the truth. They really believe what they read in the New York Times and the Washington Post. You know, I was I remember I had dinner a few months ago with some comedians from Boston and uh, they were and, and they were all pro Ukraine war and they believed that Putin was getting his ass kicked. And I said, to, you know, where do you get your information? And they're like, I the one person said, really, probably I, I read three newspapers a day. And I go, can I guess which three? It's the New York <laughs> Times, Boston Globe and The Washington Post. And I was right. And I go, well, that's not the news. That's that. So why, why do you think Jeff Bezos bought The Washington Post? Because he wanted to make sure people were informed about what the billionaire class was doing and who really owns the company, uh, owns this country and pulls the string. That's not why he did it. The exact opposite reason. Do you think Jeff Bezos appointed Dave Weigel, a pro-war maniac hack to cover progressive politics at The Washington Post? because he wanted people to really know what was happening in progressive politics no that he so this is the world we're living in and that's why people don't know what's happening and that's why shows like yours are really important and independent media is very important even though cornell west doesn't like when he gets <laughs> he doesn't like when he gets critiqued by independent media he he doesn't mind it when it comes from corporate media because they critique him from the right but when he gets yeah. critiqued from the left he does what everybody does he first yeah. tries to discredit he punches just left he smears you and then he never engages in your critique of him which is what's happening right now and um so that's it's a it's really when one sad episode after another with cornell west but that's another story yes. he's he's really no that is it's so depressing to me because listen i and i know you did too i wanted to like cornell west and i did in fact like cornell west he's charming he's charismatic he's fun um i think he's uh he's very cool like he's very you know what i mean but watching him over the i don't know what he's thinking on uh the course of this campaign uh but as you just mentioned uh nick cruz and i uh did a show on revolutionary blackout Network work and we made him very angry and he ran to Tim Black to complain about that for legitimate criticism my guy you openly and publicly praised a Nazi as you're pre pretending or I mean I don't want to say pretending maybe his uh, main issue is in fact white supremacy but if you're going to pretend as if your main issue is combating white supremacy and racism you shouldn't be praising Nazis I don't know why that needs to be said out loud but apparently it does and then he gets mad at us for calling him out on that and then runs to Tim Black to complain about it rather than address the two of us uh, and having an, uh, a, a legitimate conversation about it. So listen, we got to take a quick break. We're going to get some headlines. Hang tight. We're going to be right back here on TNT. TNT Radio News. Bring the news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. According to multiple sources familiar with the Fulton County District Attorney's Office, the Biden administration allegedly placed a Democrat operative, Jeff DeSantis, within the Fulton County office to target former President Donald Trump. A judge has directed the former law partner and divorce attorney of Nathan Wade, Terrence Bradley, to give testimony regarding Wade's relationship with Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis. 
on air, and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we're here joined by Jimmy Dore, and we were just talking there uh, right before headlines about Cornell West and his bizarre... I don't even, I I read it and I thought, that, again, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Cornell West, a civil rights leader, this guy that's out there running against racism is uh, openly praising a Nazi. I was like, I don't know. I, and not just praising a Nazi, but comparing him to the likes of Mumia and Leonard Peltier. I mean, I don't know what that is, but it's not, uh, I don't know what that is. But, um, uh, but I speaking know what of, is. what is it? I, Tell me, that's, please. That's called pro, that's called pro-war propaganda. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, so all this stuff that makes you hate Putin or makes you hate Russia or uh, that's called pro-war propaganda. And he's just repeating it. And I was I used to work at a news network called the Young Turks, who ever since Trump got elected, repeated pro-war propaganda, which was that's all Russiagate was. They knew they were going to have this war with Ukraine. They've been pro- they've it's been re- revealed by uh, I think it was the former anyway it doesn't matter the former german prime minister i think revealed that they knew that they were just trying to buy time to build up uh, the peace agreements that they had and they just were yeah. trying to buy time to build up the ukraine military so they could have this war with russia which they provoked by uh, slaughtering russian speaking uh ukrainians in the eastern part of ukraine called the donbass after they they wouldn't want to, they didn't go along with the the coup government which the united states the cia got in bed with nazis in ukraine overthrew their democratically elected government in 2014 and then the people in the eastern part of ukraine didn't want to go along with that so then what did they do well they started shelling them and killing them and slaughtering them and they ramped up their shelling they doubled it in the month right before putin invaded and uh, people don't know this. Uh, and so I have to tell people that Putin didn't invade to start a war. Putin invaded to end a war. And they don't even know what you're talking about when you say stuff like that. So um, that's the where we live in. Again, we live in a 100 percent propagandized world. And what Cornell West keeps doing is repeating Democratic Party talking points as he pretends he's running uh, for president as an independent. And this time, this last time, it's pro-war talking points. So he's yeah. very good on Gaza. I'm glad I'm. Um, uh, yes. his, his, he's he has clarity on Gaza, which is nice. Uh, and but he's all muddled. He's all over the place when it comes to Ukraine. Uh, he he started out strong and now he just can't stop repeating pro-Russian yeah. talking points. And he said the other day that the leftists don't want to um, don't want to talk about the repression in Russia. You know why? Because I don't give a shit. And uh, it's not have Russian. Any, I'm not <laughs> Russian. Doesn't have anything to do with me. And I'm talking about the repression right here at home. You know what they do have in Russia? They have uh, Medicare for all in Russia. You know what they don't have? They don't have it here. Uh, so then you know what else they don't have in Russia? They don't have an imperialistic uh, military that's spread all over the world like the United States is. Uh, you know what else they didn't do? They didn't kill a million people in the Middle East. They didn't kill all those people in Libya. They don't have two. Uh, they don't have any permanent military bases in Syria, as far as I'm concerned. I, I know the United States does. So this, this. Uh, uh, so what? What's happening with Cornell West is the, is. Uh, you know, I, I remember when I first got to Hollywood, uh, someone gave me very good advice, said that, you know, people think that, uh, you know, they 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 seek fame for to, because they have, you know, 
uh, the wounds, emotional wounds that they think fame will heal. But what fame actually does is that you get a bright light shined on you and it exposes all the cracks in your personality. And that's yeah. exactly what happened with this pro, uh, presidential run with Cornell West. He was so likable when, it, you know, he would just give a nice flamboyant speech. And uh, now he's running for president and uh, it's exposing all the cracks in his personality. And unfortunately, his his ego is much bigger than his IQ and he's got a big IQ. And so that's saying something. And instead of taking you can tell he's not really running for president because when people who are on his, his side politically critique him instead of saying, well, I understand why you're saying that, but let me explain so I can get your vote and your viewers votes. He doesn't do that. He goes like, well, well with Navalny, he said, uh, I'll, I'll pray for anybody I damn well, please pray for. And it's like, OK, hey, that's yes. not that's not someone who's trying to get you don't you're not trying to understand uh, people who want to support you. You're not trying to understand their position. You're not trying to. And it's really sad. Uh so uh, it really is because I, I want I want to have a hero just as much as anybody, you know. And uh, for a while there, uh, yeah, I could look up to Cornell West, and um, I don't anymore. And uh, he's bent on making um, enemies of people who give him the most of mild mildest critiques. He's running for president, uh, and but that but he's not really right because if no. he really was, uh, that's not how a presidential candidate acts. You don't. No. He has he's got thinner skin than Sarah Palin. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, 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 honest, I, I can't, I, I can't get over. I've never seen a politician react the way he's reacted. I know uh, it's ever. painful. I can't it think is of it. Painful. And Nick tried to be nice to get. I mean, to be fair to Nick, because Nick had a relationship with Cornell West. I mean, I would, I wouldn't say they were. I don't know. I don't want to speak for Nick. Nick, I think that they were friendly. I don't know if they were friends necessarily. I think Nick said that they were friends. Uh, Cornell West had gone on the show uh, several times. I know that Nick, uh, you know, tried to hold him accountable to his face. Tried to explain things to him to his face. Um, I think, frankly, and I think Nick knows this too. Now, I think uh, Cornell West was hoping that he would just be that they would just be kind of a PR system for him which he has yeah. found in Tim Black. Um, uh, Tim Black is willing to play that role for him and just basically be a PR machine for him. I think RBN, uh, to Nick's credit and to CJ's credit um, and most of the people over there, I think that that is, uh, uh, they were refusing to do that sort of um, access journalism, uh, if you will. But do you think that Cornell West actually buys into the Russia stuff that he actually, because I mean, he's very uh, hypocritical. Um, he, you know, he, uh, he calls Putin a thug and um, uh, whatever else he calls him. Uh, but Biden is his brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just not, Does he really buy into the Putin's bad thing? Yeah, I think he must have. I mean, I didn't I guess I didn't follow him that closely, but it seemed I didn't like either. He, bought, he bought Russia. He bought into Russiagate hook, line and sinker, just like he bought into covid. He doesn't have one critique of anything covid. Uh, when I pointed out on my show that 41 percent of black bone businesses were wiped out because of covid. He couldn't give a shit. He said, we live in two different worlds. And I go, I know we live in two different worlds. <laughs> you live in an ivory tower your entire life. And yeah. I've been a blue collar guy banging my head against a blue collar brick wall my whole life. So I, it's a big difference between Cornell West and me. Yes, yes, we do live in different worlds. So I think he does buy into it. He does. He, he's repeating CIA talking points when he talks about Navalny. He's like, he's like, he's like the Bono of politics. And uh, I, I, I and he doesn't care. He's incurious. He doesn't yeah. care to learn. It's like he hasn't read anything in the last 15 years or cared to and accept uh, his own speeches. So, you know, um, it's it, it is it again. I don't he I don't need to do anything 
uh, he's doing it all to himself. Every time he opens yes. his mouth, he just credits himself. And he just did an interview with Brianna Joy Gray, which uh, I, I just went over. I, I watched the first 10 minutes of it. It was really hard to watch, just to watch this guy who I used to respect just deflect uh obfuscate and bullshit like a used car salesman and then if you look at you look in the um and take responsibility for absolutely nothing it's just it's just yeah. unbelievable and um so then you look at the comments and not i couldn't find one comment that agreed with him or was even even tepidly supportive they was all the same thing that you and i are saying every single wow. comment underneath it uh I, I read about 50 maybe 60 comments and uh so I, uh, he should just stop talking and, uh, he, <laughs> yes, he should yes, stop please talking. Cornell West. I feel I mean, the same can... way about Bernie Sanders. Just stop talking. You're just, and Noam Chomsky, stop talking. Just stop. You've completely destroyed your credibility, your reputation, your legacy. Like it's done. And you're right. This is all self-inflicted on the part of Cornell West. Um, and it's been, it's not just this one thing. It's not just the Navalny thing. It has been a series of just unbelievable mistakes and mishandling of situations and all of that stuff. And it's just really unfortunate to see. Cause I mean, I used to look up to, I, I honestly didn't know a ton about him, but again, I thought he was cool and charismatic he's a great speaker he's funny um and so i mean i thought that you know he was uh one of the good ones and he's just really destroying that image of himself that at least i had and i think as you just said with the reading the, the, the comments i think he's really doing that for a lot of people so listen we got to take another quick break hang tight we're gonna be back here on today's news talk de-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective the weather across the united states has turned exactly opposite what i thought it would turn it's become very, very warm. Now, the reason this is happening is because the water around Australia has warmed dramatically and unpredictably warmed dramatically. And this creates a different phase of the Madden-Julian oscillation than what I anticipated happening before the winter. You see, the computer models, and we have to use them to look at sea surface temperatures, weren't predicting anything like this. This sudden warming happened in January, but not be from man-made sources. It had to be something natural going on that we don't know about. In any case, people are blaming climate change. I have no problem with that. The climate is changing. It's been changing. It will always change. But when people start saying you are a denier, all they are doing is using ad hominem attacks to try to equate you with the miserable people that denied what happened in the Holocaust. And that should raise red flags as to what these people are all about. Climate change is real. It is 99.9% .9 natural. And the impact of man has very little to do with it. And there is no denying that. This is T. NT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver. And we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Cutting through the clutter, this is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Oh. 
right. We're here with Jimmy Dore. Uh, by the way, please go to jimmydore.com. Uh, you can find a link for tickets. Uh, Jimmy's on tour, uh, getting ready to go uh, overseas. So if you are in London or the Netherlands or any other uh, Rotterdam, Stockholm, uh, Berlin, you name it, uh, he's going all over the place. So get you some tickets. Again, I've been to multiple Jimmy Dore shows. They are so much fun. It's so nice to be in a room filled with people who understand and who get it uh, and just have a good time and laugh. So definitely uh, get you some tickets if uh, he's going to be in a city near you. Okay. So I, we got a little sidetracked uh, talking about Cornell West, which is fine. But the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because I wanted to talk to you about Alexi Navalny because um, it reminded me a little bit of another story that you uh, were very quick to get and see through, which is the Syrian gas attacks. Um, because the Alexi Navalny thing, the whole Putin murdered Navalny made no sense whatsoever, Jimmy. None. Putin is doing great. He is winning the war. His economy is booming. He has like an 80 some odd percent approval rating. He's going to win the election. Alexei Navalny was in prison, irrelevant. I think his approval rating was like less than 1%. Um, he's never really been all that popular in Russia. He's always been kind of the Western um, poster boy for the opposition to Vladimir Putin. Um, so uh, when you heard Navalny died, what immediately went through your head? Because I immediately thought, here's a Syrian gas attack situation. Yeah, so... Well, what what I immediately thought was, oh, this is going to be used as pro-war propaganda, which is exactly what it was used. Bono did yeah. it. Uh, Cornell West did it. Every the mainstream news media did it. All the politicians who are in the pocket of the military and co industrial complex did it. And so that was my first thought. And then people started talking about that. Uh, uh, Putin did it. And of course, it doesn't like you said, pointed out, it doesn't make any sense. It makes way more sense that the mi6 did it or the cia did it if someone did it but then i found reports that um he just died of a blood clot uh yeah <laughs> like he had a stroke i mean so uh i'll tell you what didn't happen is putin didn't kill him uh because he, he didn't benefit at all it doesn't benefit at all it doesn't make any sense for him to do that uh just like it didn't make any sense for assad to gas his own people when he was also also winning the war and he would do the one thing that he knew would trigger the united states getting involved with bombing his country so that so that, i mean that's how all you have to do is just use your logic and it doesn't make any sense and so that's what i thought and um people it, you know it's, it's i used to be i used to have a show on kpfk which is pacifica radio and kpfk radio was founded uh I think like 60 some years ago now uh, as an anti-war network. And since Trump's election, everybody on that radio station, almost everybody uh, has lost their mind and has become pro-war uh, puppets of the military industrial complex, completely screwing their mission. And 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 it's happened. I mean, to me, that's the biggest example of it. Right. Their whole mission. It says it when you walk in. There it is. We're anti-war. We're a peace network. We don't. And they're repeating pro-war talking points, CIA talking points, State Department talking points. They've been doing it since Trump got elected. And they say that if you so people like me and you, when we tell the truth about the Ukraine war, uh, when we tell the truth about Navalny, they say we're repeating Russian propaganda. That's what they literally say. Uh, yeah. And so now you know why nobody listens to KPFK anymore and Pacifica Radio is in a big and is in big trouble. Now, uh, WBAI, I don't think is the same in New York. Uh, they're also part of the Pacifica Network. Uh, my, I took my show off of KPFK. That's how disgusted I was with it. And um, but my show is it is still on in New York City on WBAI. So um, 
I don't I don't remember what your question was, but maybe it was about Navalny. But that's it's just pro-war propaganda. And if you think Putin did that, you're just a, you're just a gullible simp for the establishment, just like the same people who thought that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction, that somehow uh, Muammar Gaddafi was a threat that we had to overthrow, uh, that we had to occupy Afghanistan for 20 years, and that uh, said that Assad was gassing his own people. As all, these are all just pro-war, made-up CIA garbage talking points so that they can spend more money on bombs. Yes. Yes. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. We have this uh, the situation now where there's um, uh, a lot of fighting back and forth uh, about how much money we're going to send to Ukraine, how much money we're going to send to Israel. And it is so disgusting to me. However, there is, in my opinion, a little glimmer of hope. Um, there's been recent polling, I think, from uh, earlier this year, maybe in January, um, where they uh, took a look or they polled people and they were asking about what are your top issues in terms of uh, the electoral season what are you what are you looking at the most and the impact that foreign policy had on people's minds has increased significantly uh which i think is a great thing and i think i'm hopeful that what that means is that people are now making the connection between how foreign policy uh is intricately entwined with domestic policy um but and i think uh, gaza obviously has a lot to do with that i think watching a genocide be live streamed i think is certainly um opening a lot of people's eyes um but as we're moving into the election and uh we're seeing, um, you know, that both parties are obviously war parties, that uh, the propaganda game is on full tilt. It is insane what's going on right now. But do you think that we are starting to see people uh, get it a little bit more? I don't know if I'm just being, um, uh, uh, first of all, uncharacteristically optimistic, because usually I'm incredibly cynical. Um, but I don't know if I'm just uh, desperate for some glimmer of hope. So I'm inventing it. But I do feel like people are starting to get it like they're starting to see behind the veil. I think watching Lahaina burn to the ground and then the United States government offer them seven hundred dollars her household while we're sending billions of dollars to a cokehead in Ukraine with that, you know, has Nazis in their military. Um, I think a lot of people are starting to get it. Do you think people are getting it? Um, or do you think that this is just going to be another one of those things where they're able to spin the narrative and just go right about business as usual? You know, I, I don't think people are getting it. And I I hope so. I mean, and more, I mean, we'll put it, I'll be optimistic too. Yeah, more and more people are catching on. I think the Gaza uh, war actually woke a lot of people up. Yeah. And, um, so, but, you know, the problem is there, there are very few alternatives, right? So you, you have, you have a case where uh, uh, people think that, that Donald Trump is the solution to this problem. And, because he didn't start a war when he was president, which was great, right? That he didn't do that. And the reason why he got impeached, people think, and people don't know, but the real reason is because he paused a, a shipment of weapons to Ukraine, and that's why they impeached him. So the, the only reason to vote for the guy is now an impeachable offense. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> but um, but he just gave a speech the other day. I think it was, I don't know if it was at CPAC or wherever he was, where he said that uh, because he imposed sanctions on Venezuela, and he said that that country was close to crumbling, and if he was still president, they would have got all that oil. Yeah, and when he says they, when he says they, he he he's implying that the United States that we would have gotten we would have gotten all that oil. The United States wouldn't get that oil. Exxon would get that oil. Shell would yeah. get that oil. Uh, British Petroleum would get that oil. Not the United States people. The companies would get that oil, and then they would sell it to you. That's not the United States getting that oil. But what he, the part he leaves out is why was that country close to crumbling? 
Well, it's because he puts economic sanctions on there, right? And when you put economic sanctions, so that's the whole, that's been the game the United States has played for at least 120 years, is that you put economic sanctions on a country, you try to foment discord and unrest by doing so, you make the, you put a hurt on the people, so they rise up and overthrow their leadership, and then the United States can, uh, can install a puppet, a puppet that does what the Western corporations want them to do. It look, tales of an economic hitman, right? So that this is what uh, Trump was doing in Venezuela. Now, Venezuela, seven over 7 million people have left Venezuela, and where do you think they're going? They're, they're not going to China. They're going to the exactly. United States. So if you're upset with the legal immigration in the United States, then you would be upset with Donald Trump causing it. So they all want to say, oh, we're going to build a wall. Why don't you just stop putting sanctions on other people's countries because you want to steal their natural resources? And that's what that is. And then they tried to overthrow the government, tried to install Juan Guaido, and Trump was all part of that. And so um, so it, unfortunately, Donald Trump is not a solution to this problem. He's He might be less of a warmonger uh, than any president in my lifetime, but that doesn't mean he's a solution to this problem at all. And, um, you know, he still serves the same class. He's, a, you know, I have to remind people, you know, Donald Trump's been a billionaire for a long time. And how do you become a billionaire? By helping people. Uh, so, so, um, I mean, I get it, but I, but that doesn't mean that I also can't point out the game that's being played against Donald Trump. Now he's yeah. hated by the donor class because he will tell the truth about, we want to steal Venezuela's oil. We are leaving troops in Syria for the oil. He said it twice. It's our oil and we're taking it. And so again, by R, he means that he means the Western oil companies. He doesn't mean the people. And so they have to get rid of him because he tells truths like that. And the donor class hates him. And so the new game that the international billionaire class that runs everything is playing is they criminalize their political opponents. They did it in Pakistan. They did it in Brazil. And they did it with a lefty and a righty in Brazil, right? They did it to Lula first. They put him in prison. And they thought the center-right guy was going to win. And then son of a bitch, the extreme-right guy, Bolsonaro, the Trump of Brazil, won. And then they're like, how do we fix this? Oh, well, we have to let Lula back out of prison because he's the only one who could beat Bolsonaro in an election. So they let him back out of prison. He becomes president. As soon as that happens, they criminalize Bolsonaro. Well, they're doing the same thing here in the United States with Donald Trump. They the And it doesn't matter if you're Donald Trump or a powerless uh, civil rights organization like Stop Cop City who are uh, protesting the expansion of the police state in Atlanta. And so they use the same RICO statute and the same grand jury to indict the Stop Cop City protesters as they used to indict Donald Trump in Atlanta. The exact same thing. When I had Cornell West on my show, I said, now do you see the game that's being played? And he mm -hmm. pretended to be dumber than me. And then he said he called me a Trumper. So that's the kind of lack of integrity that we're dealing with at third party candidates, right? He doesn't have the the integrity and the stones to, to, to stand up for against a political prosecution of his political enemies. Donald Trump might be your political enemy, but if you go and see that they're doing that to him because he's an enemy of the donor class, just they're going to do the same thing to you, just like they'll do the same yep. thing to Bernie. They did it to Bernie Sanders, right? Yep. So, they, you know, I'm, so that's why he's such a good boy. They threaten prosecution of his wife and uh, probably 
worse. Um, so uh, that's the game we're living under right now. And people need to stand up. And they they say, and of course, now we know January 6th was a complete FBI psyop. And why they do that? In order to criminalize Donald Trump and his political movement. They're going after his political movement. That's what that is. And so so this idea when uh, you know Cornell West says that we got to worry about Donald Trump because he's a neo-fascist and neo-fascism might come to America. I had to wake him up. Here. <laughs> it's been here for a long time. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. When, when, of course, it hasn't affected you and your ivory tower, but I can I can see it plain as day. Uh, Jimmy Dore, a nightclub comedian, can see it. Uh, so it's here. And the time to stand up for workers came and those people tucked their tails and didn't stand up. Why didn't those people like Cornell West stand up during COVID for workers? 70,000 worker health care workers in one state alone got fired. Why didn't he stand up? Because there's a price to pay. There's yep. a price to pay to stand up. I paid that price. You saw how I got slandered, smeared, even by my close friends. They slandered me and smeared me because I told the truth about COVID. And now, of course, I'm being revealed to be correct about it. Just like I was correct about Russiagate. Just like I was correct about Syria. Just like I was correct about force the vote. Just like I was correct about Bernie Sanders and AOC. And now I'm correct about uh, uh, what's happening uh, uh, what they did to the workers and and during COVID and the mandates and how, you know, who did get it right? Dr. Dr. Richard Wolf got it right because he comes from a Marxist perspective and he started, the last thing you want to do is give more power to your employer over you, the employee. And so he got that one right. And uh, so big tip of the hat to Dr. Richard Wolf. He has a lot more stones than Cornell West and Cornell West people. Yes, 100%. And that was all, I mean, the, the COVID stuff made me so angry because uh, to me, that was so readily apparent. And uh, yeah, and of course, there's going to be a, a cost to speaking the truth. Uh, but powerful people don't like that at all. I mean, we're seeing that, right? The way that Julian Assange is being treated, the way that they've treated Daniel Hale and other whistleblowers, um, that is uh, that is always going to happen. And that's why I think it's all the more important that when somebody does that, when somebody like yourself or somebody like um, uh, uh, Dr. Richard Wolf or whoever it is that is uh, standing up and speaking the truth about a situation, people need, and this has been so frustrating for me. And as somebody who's uh, heavily involved in the Assange stuff, watching the way that we treat our truth tellers in real time is real disappointing. If we could learn to come together and stand in support of those people at that time, um, imagine how different the world might be. But I am so glad that you brought up um, uh, the January 6th stuff, because I think in addition to using that to criminalize Donald Trump and to criminalize his movement, frankly, I think it was bigger than that even. I think that they wanted to criminalize protest. I think yeah. they wanted protest in general. They don't, they don't, they yes. not, e not even just criminalize it, but to give people so much fear. Uh, listen, I'm an activist. I organize protests on a regular basis. It is so hard to get people to come out right now because people are terrified. They do not want to come out. They don't want facial recognition. They don't want people to know that they're there. They don't want their picture being taken. They don't want to risk being arrested. And so I think it's even bigger than just criminalizing Trump um, and all of that stuff. I think they want you afraid to um, a question elections. And I think they want you afraid to protest. And that should terrify all of us. The idea that they are at that level um, and they're at that point in their game plan and they have gotten to um, uh, sort of that level of development where they're now working towards criminalizing protests and just speaking. Uh, that means that they're real close to uh, their end goal. And I think that that is uh, a really terrifying prospect because their end goal is just complete and total control. Um, uh, and it's uh, it. It's a really terrifying thing to watch it play out and watch how here's what it really drives me um, a little crazy is over the past in, in specific since COVID um, 
the number of people who are genuinely fine with authoritarianism. They're cool with it. They want somebody to tell them where they can go, who they can see, what they can buy. Um, and in fact, they cheer it on. Uh, they want censorship. Yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is using her email list uh, to get people to rat on other people for being mean to her. I mean, that is where we're at right now. And it's a really, it's so insane to me. So, okay, listen, unfortunately, Jimmy, I, you know, I could talk to you all day long. We are out of time. I want to make sure that we can uh, plug some of your stuff. So, uh, Tell everybody uh, uh, where they can find your show and then also what tour dates you have coming up. So uh, my tour dates are Saturday, March 9th. I'll be in uh, Palm Springs at the Mary Pickford Theater. I'd like everybody to come out to that show. And then I'll be in uh, I'll be in Europe. I'm going to be in Stockholm, Berlin, Oslo. Oslo, the, the home of the fake Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, England is already sold out. A lot of those shows are close to being sold out, except for Oslo. Isn't that interesting? Uh, so yeah, Oslo is a pretty, that's where they have the freedom forum, which is uh fake, uh, just a pro war front thing anyway. So maybe that's why I'm not so popular in Oslo because there's full of people who are uh, propagandized, but anyway, jimmydoor.com. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Everybody, please go get you some tickets, especially if you're in Oslo. Don't be shy. Uh, again, great show. So everybody should go check it out. It is a, a real riot and it's fun to be uh, in a group of people like that. So, J.D., thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you as always. I'll be back tomorrow with another show for you. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now and don't go anywhere. Timothy Shea is right after this on TNT.